Hello, and welcome back to She Inspired, a podcast about sharing the stories of women who are following their inspiration in the hopes of inspiring and guiding other women to do the same. I believe too often we ignore our inner voice, the all-knowing guidance system within each of us who knows the divine purpose for which we are called in this life and who always wants what's best for us. As a result, we can often end up in careers or relationships which are unaligned with who we really are and what we really want. This belief is born from my own experience. In the past 18 months, I have dismantled the life I spent 20 years creating because I realized the uneasiness I felt in life was the result of not living in alignment with who I really am and what I really want. I had created a life which was unaligned personally, professionally, and spiritually. For me, this meant walking away from a 15-year career in the public service to launch an online business and leaving an 18-year relationship to live as a single woman and co-parent to three kids. My journey has been no straight line, and that's the beauty of it. And there have been difficult moments for sure, and I'm sure there will be more. But there is also the freedom and absolute joy which comes with taking responsibility for my life, connecting with my inner being, and living in alignment with my intended purpose. And that is the reason I'm doing this podcast, because I believe my intended purpose is to use my powers of connection to light that spark by sharing my story and sharing the stories of women seeking and finding alignment we can serve to awaken all women. Don't ask the universe for something and then say no. My friend, life and family business coach, Ambreen Balu taught me that. And wow, for me, it was an aha moment. What are the ways in which I'm sending contradictory signals about what I want? As each of us walks our own unique and perfect journey, I think this is a really powerful question, particularly if you are seeking a deeper connection with your inner being and the guidance which comes from within. Ambreen helps people do just that. Her clients are hungry for growth and fulfillment, just like her. And Ambreen uses a combination of her life experience and CTI coaching training to help them tune in to what they really want and make decisions aligned with these goals. With a history of forging her own path, despite the expectations of family, culture, and society, she is perfectly suited for this work. Our conversation spans from her childhood to current day and crosses continents from Canada to Kenya and back. As we examine the through line of decision, which runs through her life and what that has meant and looked like for her. Ambreen shares her story with honesty, vulnerability, and courage, and I'm truly honored to have her as my guest. If you would like to learn more about working with Ambreen, please visit her website, www.ambreenbalu.com. I reached Ambreen from her home in Toronto. Hello, Ambreen. Hi, Lorna. Hi, thank you so much for being here. You know what? Thank you for having me. This is super exciting. Isn't it? I too am really excited. I've really been looking forward to our conversation. Me too. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the reasons I'm looking forward to it uh, is because you have led a pretty incredible life. (laughs) You, you, you really have, you've had some pretty amazing uh, experiences and 
we're going to, we're going to dig into those in a little bit more depth, but just to kind of summarize high level, um, you know, you, as a young woman, you uh, joined your family business and then you made a decision, you got married and then you made, decided to start a family. And so you came out of the family business and then you decided to move to Kenya and build a life there for several years. And ultimately you decided uh, to leave your marriage and then return back to Canada. And once you were here, you decided to launch a business, <laughs> like big <laughs> changes, big decisions. And that's really what like struck me when I was thinking about your story is I see this real through line of decision. And I wanted to ask you, well, first off, does that resonate with you? Do you, do you see that as well? And if so, I'd love to know, like, what do you attribute that to this ability you, you seem to have to make big life decisions? Yeah, um, great observation. There, there absolutely is this, I would call it like a golden thread through my life of um, these decisions. I'm getting shivers talking about this. Wow. Mm. Um, so it's clearly very resonant. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some of those decisions weren't always great decisions, um, but there have been some, and I think it's probably typical with, with lots of people, um, huge decisions that I had to make. And it's part of the, it's, it's a key part of the coaching I, I practice now. Mm -hmm. um, and what do I attribute the ability to make decisions? Like, like, is it something you remember having early on in life or is it something like that you were kind of born with? Do you remember it as a little girl or is it something you, <laughs> yeah. So you do? It, no, I, you know, I'm laughing cause I'm like, yeah, right. Um, you know, <laughs> When I was young, I was, um, I would say, I thought I was a, at the bottom of our family totem pole. Mm. And I, I grew up in a family with an older brother and mom and dad who were all amazing and very powerful and we're all very much leaders. And so being the youngest, visualized myself at the bottom of that totem pole. Mm always mine um and when they were you know I really at, at a young age even you know into university even into marriage I would say didn't really have the tools or knowledge or even didn't know myself well enough to make really solid conscious decisions hmm. and grew through actually through coaching um to really grow into who I am and learn who I am and, and what makes me tick, my values, you know, why I'm, why I walk this earth. And it's from that place now that I make decisions. And mm. yeah, so much so that, that, that I have to, um, I really lean into my intuition and, and my gut feel when, when I'm trying to figure something out. Yeah. What a beautiful, I love how you just described that, Ambreen. What a beautiful evolution of decision making throughout your life but like how how these how these thread lines I believe or these through lines all of us I believe all of us have them mm -hmm. um but and how and and sometimes it's the it's the presence of something a consistent presence of something in your life and sometimes it's the absence of that thing but it's mm -hmm. it's always there but it just evolves and changes over time um and I think it's really 
interesting and kind of perfect that you know ultimately that through line led you to the work that you're doing now as a life coach and how like instrumental decision making is for you as a coach and you know that skill that that capacity you're trying to build in your in your clients and we're going to we're going to dig more into that um i i think you know the 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 topic for this podcast is 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 sharing the stories of women who are following our inspiration Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, I think it's why I think it's so important to share those stories is that I think a lot of us become alienated from this inner voice that is all knowing. And it's this kind of internal guidance system that we have. Mm-hmm. And, um, we either don't know how to listen to it, or if we do know how to listen to it, if we don't like what it's saying, cause maybe, you know, <laughs> it's not, it's not conducive. It's not gelling with the life we have created at that time or the people around us that we can kind of shove it down. Yeah. Um, and I'm really intrigued by what you described earlier on in your life, how, you know, you kind of felt like you didn't have, um, even though you had this impulse to make decisions or this kind of this, this impulse there that you, your decisions, you know, they didn't, you, you're, you weren't the first priority in terms of what you wanted to do for your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, how did you, was it a conscious choice for you to, like, follow this voice? Like, did you have an awareness that you were following this impulse to kind of stay true to yourself and think about what you wanted to do? Or what did it evolve over time? Yeah, it absolutely evolved over time. Um, You know, I worked, for example... Um, I was a bit lost in terms of what to study at university. I initially wanted to go into law and my mom always wanted to be a lawyer. So I think that's where I may have gotten it and Mm. then worked at a law firm and was like, no, this is not for me. And then was Mm. then lost. And then there was a pull, of course, you know, as with most second generation business family members to come into the family business. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. I'll marry business and education because I have a passion for children. So I, I thought, okay, I, I could do that. And, you know, I never really loved working in the business. Um, it, it was, it was, I just never like, I, I, it was, you know how they talk about like, you should jump out of bed and love going to work. I just, I never felt that. Right. Right. And it was in addition to that, I think it was partly the work, like I was, I was a leader and, and, you know, managing a large business and whatever, eventually I didn't really love that. And the other piece was, um, was that complex, like the relationships amongst, you know, we use something called the three circle model. We look at family, business, and ownership, and there's three circles there and they overlap and it you know, when you're involved in a family business and anyone listening to this will get that, it is really complex. And what hat yeah. are you wearing when? And how do you switch gears? And I've always been very um, feelings oriented. Now I understand that means like empathic, but, you know, I could never just shut off my feelings about something and switch, put on a different hat. So that whole thing was very complex for me. Yeah. It was... Um, I would say when I started working with a coach through some of the challenges in our marriage, 
that I started to become more aware of this inner voice and the desire to shut out the other noise and to make decisions that were, you know, from within, from my soul or from, you know, a higher place or from this sense of knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and that, I think that, that was kind of like a transitionary point. Um, And that, that intuition and knowing grew Mm. and it became louder. It's Mm -hmm. the point where I remember um, when my ex-husband said, let's separate, you know, I grew up in a family. My parents have been married for over 50 years. They have a beautiful marriage. They worked together. They've like, just wow. And so I grew up thinking, oh, you get married and you make it work. Like, that's how it works, right? There's no option mm-hmm. to divorce. We're not doing that. That's for other people. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I hear you. Yeah. And so then, you know, when the idea of separation came up, um, I think, you know, I was shocked by the response I had. I, I kind of laughed and said, okay, so, and this is how it's going to work. And that, vo- that was not my voice. That was my higher self speaking in that moment. Because I, oh. yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked that those words came out of my mouth. And, um, and I think that that was, that was like a really um, a peak experience for me or, a, you know, a, a time when, when that voice came really alive and said, okay, I know what I want now. Yeah. Yeah. That is so, that's so interesting. Um, Cause I, I believe that's exactly how it happens. And that's been my experience too. Like mm-hmm. the voice just, it pops up. It gets, it gets louder at, at kind of what I now know to be kind of critical points in our experience. Um, and I've had, I've had enough conversations with other women to hear that, to hear like a similar experience shared. And I want to, can I ask you, I'm really curious about this. So when you say you were shocked at that voice, what do you, did you, can you just, can you explain that more? Was it because you thought your reaction would or should be different? Well, because for so long, I, I had kind of swallowed hmm, my truth or, mm. um, you know, I'm, I mean, I had, um, how do I describe it? Let me think. Um, for a long time, I wasn't being true to myself. Of course, not knowing that in the moment, but, mm. you know, kind of just going along with what was right for, for the family and my kids and my then husband and doing the right thing. And yeah. all of a sudden this voice came up and I was like, whoa, where did this come from? And yes, this is, this is right, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't a, um, oops, did I say the wrong thing? It was loud and clear and it was and I knew in that moment that our marriage was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I can, I can really relate to what you're saying. And I really appreciate you being so um, open and honest about it. Cause I know this, you know, this is a very personal yeah. experience that you went through and are still going through. And yeah, those, I mean, I know, you know, and, and other listeners will know that I've had a, a similar experience mm-hmm. where I left a, an 18 year relationship mm-hmm. uh, just over a year ago. And, uh, under very similar circumstances, uh, like just uh, ultimately knowing, well, similar circumstances in the sense that like, I wasn't fully aware of it throughout my, uh, my it was a common law relationship, so I, I'll say marriage, but we were common law, but I wasn't 
it wasn't that I was aware throughout my uh, relationship that I wasn't following my truth, but I just knew there was like an uneasiness for me mm-hmm. that I just kept schluffing off, like just pushing down, just rationalizing. Right. And I, and I think that, I think this is not uncommon, whether it relates to a relationship or maybe a career path or something, some role that we end up playing that is not aligned with who we are. We get these little glimpses, these little insights, these nigglings. Um, but often, as, as you pointed out, for the sake of the family, for the sake of others, for the sake of, you know, other people's comfort mm-hmm. and happiness, we will, we will push it down. Yeah. Um, but it will always come back is, is what I what I think. Yeah. And it doesn't, it feel like it comes back louder and stronger. And it's like, at some point it's shouting. Yeah. I do agree with that. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think, you know, um, it's kind of like when you have any level of, um, unalignment, uh, the, the word I'm looking for is escaping you. When you're living in a state that is not aligned, yeah. w- it, when you're like living in, in dis-ease, yes. like uneasiness, yes. you, it, sometimes it will show up in the form of like a physical manifestation, a physical illness. Uh, sometimes your mental and emotional state, like sometimes physical conditions. Like I do agree, it just, it keeps because I think ultimately all of us are here in order to find that intended purpose for which we are called, right? I, I liken it to like an, un, an unfolding. It's, it's the thing that each of us is called to do, I believe is already here. It's not that we have to create it or find it. It's mm-hmm. just we have to like line up with it. And yeah. And this is why I, I'm so motivated like and inspired to start this podcast because I think this is an unfolding process that looks different for everybody, but there are kind of commonalities and themes Yes. Um, that once you talk about it and share stories and surround yourself with people who are following this path, you start to gain insight into your own path. At least that's been my experience. Well, you've, um, I think you've articulated that beautifully. Oh, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's from spending time with fabulous women like Aww. you who are also committed to this journey that I gain this language and this insight. Right. Um, so, so you, okay. So let's, let's go back a little bit. Um, I want to hear a little bit about Kenya. I, feel like <laughs> okay. we, I want to talk about what life was like in Kenya. So you, you are working in a family business. You've already started your family at the time that you moved to Kenya, right? This right. is around, is it 2010? Yes. So, okay. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you yeah. know, just for those who don't know me, I was actually born in Kenya. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. I was, <laughs> okay, yeah, our okay. ancestors are from India and migrated to Kenya in the early, late 1800s, early 1900s. So my parents were born in Kenya and I was born in Nairobi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I came to Canada. So, I came to Canada like so young and when I was three. And um, it was the time of Idi Amin in East Africa. And he was not very fond of um, Asians. And uh, right. so, you know, we were no longer welcome there. And um, although that was happening in Uganda and Kenya, my parents were quite um, nervous about the future and followed mm-hmm. the guidance of the Aga Khan, actually, because we're a smiley, we follow the Aga Khan. 
followed his guidance mm-hmm. and the Aga Khan was good friends with, um, with Trudeau. And he mm-hmm. brought us, you know, he brought us our community into the country and we've been here for like 50 years mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Kenya. There were roots there. Had only oh, yeah, had it. very little family there growing up. So we go occasionally like every five years, maybe there was a little bit of a connection. Um, and then, so do you want me to speak about how we ended up there? Well, yeah. Or what, what prompted you to move is, is what I was curious about. I didn't know you had this birth connection to the yeah. country. Uh, was, was it about, was it about kind of reconnecting with your roots or, or what was the impetus for, for that decision? Yeah. To move? Um, so my parents had gone back to do some diplomatic work there, leaving my brother and I and our families here. My brother was running the businesses um, I was just finished having kids. So my young, I have three kids, um, two girls and a boy. And my son, Armand mm-hmm. was one at that time. And my parents said, come for a holiday. And, you know, by the way, Africa is really opening up. There's so many business opportunities. Come check it out. So we all went, like, mm-hmm. we had a huge family, extended family holiday there. And by the end of the holiday, my husband and I thought, hmm, that'd be kind of cool to move here. And we had talked to some young families there and so we went back again for a visit I think it was in June or July that was in March of 2010 in June or July we went back for a visit we packed up in March in August Mm. and we were there September I think it was third something like that I know for school like all right ready for school that's huge yeah and it was it was amazing it was a great adventure it was such a you know, such an honor to live in that country. The people are amazing. They're so resourceful. It's a beautiful country. Mm. There are so many resources there. Um, it was exciting. Of course, there's an element of insecurity, which um, is is different for people who grew up there versus those who are expats. So that was kind of always mm-hmm. always there. Um, but it was it was such an adventure. We uh, my husband, then husband, and started a business with my family. I was not involved in the business um, in a totally different line of work. Um, you know, they were in mm. prefab construction. And I was still had the luxury of raising my kids. And then eventually I started working and I was working with Save the Children. And I was doing amazing, like, work with large businesses there, upholding children's rights. Um yeah, wow. it was really amazing. My kids, you know, they just, they ran around in the grass with bare feet and they, they learned what, um, what life was like on the other side of the world. And, and they saw firsthand, um, struggle and they saw privilege. Mm-hmm. They understood their own privilege that comes with wealth. Um, yeah. And I, you know, when we, <laughs> when we talk about first world problems, my kids really, really get that they're really the three of yeah. them Man, Adika, and Arman, they're such grounded kids I'm so blessed to have them but they really get that wow. at a deep level yeah yeah well I guess I guess having that kind of experience in your in your childhood yeah. would really would really provide yeah. that that's it's really incredible to give them to be able to give that yeah to them. absolutely and such um, amazing friends we made and it was really beautiful it was a lovely life um in a gated community, of course, like I said, you know, there was, there was another side to it. You had to manage life in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. 
It wasn't any yeah. winter. And <laughs> there wasn't any winter. Again. There was no snow. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to get that crack in there. But the Canadian right? winters. <laughs> They are pretty brutal. They are pretty <laughs> brutal. I hear you on that. And I feel like they get harder as, as, as we get older. I don't know that like I've having grown up in Canada, I have always been pretty resilient when it comes to winter, but every year now it feels a little bit colder to me and it probably is. Right. So, yeah. That's the universe telling it. us to go South, Lorna. Right. Yeah. At least for yeah, part of the winter. For, for sure. sure. Um, well, and now I've gone and created this family dynamic where we're all skiers. Like oh, I, I, awesome. I was a competitive ski racer when I was young, which is really cool. And I, I really wanted all my kids. I have three kids also, and I really wanted them to all get in skiing. And now they are all into skiing. And so I, I, there are many winters in my future, is yeah. what I realized, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. I can become a snowbird well, later I in think, life. you know, that that speaks volumes because what you've basically done is, is taken the situation and said, okay, we're going to make the most of it. Let's do this. And you have, you have right? something that you enjoy in winter now, right? It's well, it's true. That is the, that is the very pleasant upside of having a winter sport to do yeah. as a family is a real yeah. gift. It is a real gift for sure. So I was just, it, it struck me again, as I was listening to you, you've got a really strong like entrepreneurial streak in your family. Because yeah. I knew I knew your parents created a business in Canada. I didn't realize that they had another business um, in Kenya. They said your husband uh, or former husband started yes. to work with them. Um, so entrepreneurialism is like in your blood, yeah. would you say? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like it or not. <laughs> like it or not. I, grew up, um, I very and, much uh, grew up, um, oh. my brother and I, <laughs> two stories. One, quickly, my you know, every night at the dinner table, my parents would talk business, right? Because my mom oper was the mm -hmm. operator and my dad was like the, the admin finance guy. And so they would come together in the evening and talk about business. So we heard, learned about business at the dinner table um, and this, and would go and help and stuff on the weekends and do different things. So it was very much a part of life. And the second um, escapes me. It'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of story yeah, it'll, it'll come back. back it'll come back well and so I guess it is it's recognizing that you've got this strong you know that you've got entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurism entrepreneurialism yeah. <laughs> uh in your blood uh I, you know it's not surprising that you ultimately ended up uh, creating your own business as a coach which we're going to um dive into in just a minute but I wanted to just kind of close the loop on Kenya. So you you spent some time in Kenya. I think you said about yeah, five, five years. years in total. Um, at the beginning, you know, my, I said, okay, my husband was really excited to go. And I said, okay, let's go for three years. And my parents and my husband said, no, no, you don't make a three-year commitment to a business. I said, okay, five max. Mm. And Lorna, believe it or not, I was back in Toronto five years later. You have to be very wow. careful about what you put out to the universe. Well, you, um, this is a perfect segue. I'm so yeah. glad you said that because you've said this to me before. And I think it's such a poignant statement. I think I'm actually going to name the episode <laughs> after this, Ambrine, because sure. I love it so much. You said to me, as you just said, don't ask the universe for something and then say nope. no. Exactly. Nope. 
can can you tell us tell tell us more about why you say that what that means like how have you experienced that and what does hmm. it mean for you um well that was an example right i i i said okay you know <laughs> what i'm making a five year commitment and at that point i was thinking my oldest daughter iman was going to be you know a certain age entering grade 7 i think by then and there would be you know, considerations of high school and whatnot. And I just couldn't wrap my head around a longer commitment than that. And so, you know, I commit five mm-hmm. years, that's it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, I was, you know, we, yeah, we up. separated while we were in Kenya and I came back to Toronto with the kids and he stayed there for a little while and eventually came back, which is great for the kids. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. But, you know, we, we so, ask, so, right? We ask the universe for certain things, whatever they are. And mm-hmm. who are we to say no when they show up? Um, yeah. Do I have other examples of that? It's, yeah. It's, well, it's, it's almost like, um, like what I'm hearing, and tell yeah. me if I'm hearing it right. It's almost like a, not careful what you wish for, but. But like, if you're going to ask for it, be, be prepared yes, to get and it. Be, and be intentional right? about what you're asking for. Have consciousness around yeah. it, you know? Um, be really intentional about what you're asking for. And, um, and, and you know, actually in, in some of that work, when we ask the universe, it's a good idea to get really clear on what you want. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, if I just say, oh, I'd love a red car. Well, I could end up with like some 1970s red cars. That what I was envisioning, you know, I was envisioning this red sports car. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah. it's it's a good idea to be very clear about what you ask for. What you ask for. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you and I, you and I, um, we we've had this discussion before too as a group, right? You and I both are part of the same um, community of women. Uh, most of us are female yes. entrepreneurs who worked with this incredible mindset coach uh, named yeah. Catherine Farquharson and her program thinking into results. And I remember like, we talk about this, how this whole notion of being, I don't know if you listen to any Abraham Hicks, but yes. she, but they talk about being an intentional or sorry, a deliberate yes. creator, right? M- yes. Most of us are going through our lives creating by default, meaning we're just kind of being bumped around by the conditions in our life and, or, you know, kind of going over here and then going over there and not really understanding that we actually create our own experience. And that once you, and, and this connects back to what mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier around decision and this through line that mm-hmm. has run through your life, right? Mm-hmm. And that you now coach other people to, to, mm-hmm. to, to do, mm-hmm. to, to make decisions. Um, but she, she talks about this notion of, of deliberate creation. And I remember Catherine talking about this in the context of, um, just like you said, like, like asking the universe for something. And uh, I forget what, what the exact context was, but it was like she wanted, um, it was like a friend or someone she was trying to manifest into her life. And she kind of like painted this picture, but it was like much too vague. And when the, when the person showed up, it was like the person met like all the criteria that she had laid out, but was like fundamentally missing like I don't you know like the personality or whatever that would allow them to actually connect so like the physical being that she was wanting to bring into her life showed up but she wasn't able to have the relationship with that person that she wanted (laughs) because she just hadn't gotten you know she's like hmm I learned like I wasn't specific enough so I love that's a great story I um 
you know, when after post-divorce, um, I was thinking about, you know, what kind of partner do I want to be with? And, um, you know, I said, oh, you know, this and that. And I met someone who, who I'm now dating. And um, initially, it really scared me really scared me mm. because the love was, I was looking for like someone who would really love me and the love was so big. It scared me. Right. And I had a mm. friend who is a, who's a coach. He, he gave me a smackdown. One day we were walking in the ravine and he said, don't you mm. ever ask the universe for something and then say, no, you asked for this. Now let's do the work right. to figure it out, you know, so that so that you are comfortable how, yeah, how to receive exactly it. yeah and uh and that was that was yeah. a um, oh that was a big eye-opening moment yeah totally well and i hear and it sounds like there was some fear in there that was causing you to not be able to receive uh this right. person initially and and right? like we've said before fear is excitement without breath so when we, right, when yes. we experience, where do you come you know up what? with these that things? That one my brother gave me, <laughs> I have to say, my brother Asi is an amazing guy. He, he used to tell me that when I was going through the challenge of my divorce, um, separation, divorce, he was a huge backbone to me. And he said to me, fear it. He used to say that to me. You, you have fear. Fear is excitement without breath. Just breathe. And it's, mm. it's such a big, um, big piece of my coaching now because, and we know that from, yeah. from the, uh, Bob Proctor's work, it's about just pushing through the terror mm -hmm. barrier and all the juicy stuff is on the other side. It's yeah. on the other side for sure. Well, well, I want to, I want to talk sure. about your coaching business because I, I imagine I'm trying to put myself in your kind of position. You're, you're moving back to Canada after several years abroad. You're now separated. And I guess you decide you're not going to go back to the family business yeah. in Canada. Um, and, and you're wondering, so, so talk to me about like, was there fear? How did you, how did you arrive at being a, at being a coach? How did you arrive where you are? How did you know that yeah. you wanted to do that? Well, I mean, my kids and I got off the plane with two suitcases each. That was it. So we were totally starting a new life. Um, we had so much support and love around us. I'm eternally grateful for. Um, I'll be honest, the first, the first year or two were really difficult because um, their dad was still in Kenya. So I was really supporting them emotionally right through that change and new schools there was like everything was different except the four of us there was so much right. change so it took a couple years to kind of settle in and get the kids you know stabilized and even myself to be you know i was leaving back behind an amazing life too right in many ways and yeah. so then you know, one day I actually spent New Year's Eve with a friend and we went to some ashram, which I had never done. And it was a very soulful, beautiful evening. And the next day I woke up and do you know that, that image of a dog that's come out of a lake and they stop and they just shake off? 
that mm, happened. Yes. Yeah. I can absolutely so that picture that. That happened. Mm. And I woke up one morning and went, oh my God, what am I doing? I need to get my life together. It was just like this, mm. this, this feeling, right? You shook everything off and went, whoa, it's time. And so I, I started networking with people. And in one week, three people said to me, have you considered being a coach? And I had a little bit of hero worship going on with my coaches. I won't lie. Um, that I thought right. me being a coach. <laughs> wow. That's kind of cool. So I called up my coach and said, Owen, like, what? Like, what do I do? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting for you to come and ask me about this. And this is exactly the path, you know, and he mm. introduced me. To, yeah. He oh, wow. Me to CTI, which is um, the Coactive Training Institute, which is where I'm trained and certified through. And so that journey began. And I, you know, I, of course, did my research being the rational kind of person I used to be. Um, did my research and I, right. you know, I went to the first course, picked up my first client there. Um, who stayed with me for the next two years, like, and he said to me, you know, you're going to get your first client. You're going to, you're going to practice with a client tonight. And I said, okay. He said, you're going to ask her to be your client if she's a fit. And I said, oh, okay. How do I do that? He said, exactly like that. Say to her, I'd love for you to be my client. And he said, well, how, I said, well, how much am I going to charge her? He goes, I don't know. How much are you going to charge her? And I told him. And so sure enough, she was my client and it was so easy. (laughs) It was so easy to ask. Wow. And so, you know, and mm. then I, in the, in subsequent mm. courses, I would share with my other classmates, okay, this is how I've done it. And this is how you ask. And so everyone kind of learned that. But I realized in that moment, like, it was easy for me to ask for the sale because I had sat at the dinner table for how many years listening to all yeah. that um, and was yeah. the outspoken one, right? As a I was so outspoken. Totally. Um, and so I was, I had no issues asking and, and yeah, so I, I, you know, I coaching is a privilege that comes with responsibility. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a blessing. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm just, we're going to talk more about the specifics of what you do, but I just had a, just listening to you talk, it strikes me that, although you didn't necessarily have an awareness that coaching was ultimately what your next move would be. Um, it strikes me that like everything that's happened in your life has kind of equipped you in one way or another to kind of lead to this moment. Do you well, like feel 150%? Absolutely. And you know, no regrets. Okay. Like, um, I'm grateful for the marriage we had and for the three amazing kids we had. And, you know, we have a very peaceful relationship now. My ex-husband and I, very peaceful, and we're able to co-parent, you know, quite nicely together. Um, so grateful for having gone mm-hmm. to Kenya, for the having worked in the business, the family business, because now part of my coaching is around family business coaching. So we can talk about that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I want to talk and about all that. The coaches that, is so that I've worked with, and um, you know, I'd say it's been twenty years since I engaged my first coach, um, and you know, all the things that I've learned and grown from over those years, absolutely, like stepping stones to this spot, right? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So cool, so cool, and so so tell us about this spot. So, um, 
tell us a little, a little bit about your business and the, the For kind sure. of coaching so that I you're have doing right now. Kind of two arms to my business. And one is a life coaching practice. Um, I work with clients who are hungry for growth. Um, you know, my belief, and this is in my website, um, life is not a dress rehearsal. This is it. Like this is our, mm-hmm. right. I it's love Lucinda that. Bassett who said that. I love and, it. Yeah. Um, mm. you know, I think a lot of the times we, we, we deny or don't give ourselves permission to dream our dreams. If, if any of the listeners are, you know, Lorna, you know, you have kids and when they were young, the dreams they have, like, they're so beautiful. And when do we stop mm-hmm. that? Like what happens? Mm-hmm. We stop dreaming. And so the work I do with my clients is, is to help them make those key decisions, you know, bring those dreams to life. It sounds a little cliche, but it's often the case, you know, it's the case where, you know, we don't really know the next step. I know that I want it. I want that, that huge goal. I just don't know how to get there. And so I walk that journey with them to help them understand who they are, you know, what their purpose is, if they're not sure what that is, um, what they really value in life, what they have to uphold and like how to, how to, how to take action. And I hold them accountable. And sometimes it means I'm very compassionately direct with clients, but that's what they pay me for. I'm not the best friend, right? Yeah. I'm not their best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, the amazing results that they have and the fulfillment in life that they are able to achieve. It's really inspiring. Often I work with, um, people who are, uh, either employed and entrepreneurs with like a side hustle or, entrepreneurs themselves or people who want to leave a job and become an entrepreneur. So there is this entrepreneurial feel to what I do. I also work with, um, I attract Mm -hmm. people who are going through divorce naturally. Um, maybe they see me and say, Hey, she's done it. You know, (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So that's one arm of my business. It's like that big juicy life. We can all have it and we should, you know, it's, it's a choice. Yeah. It's really yeah. a choice. And it's about giving ourselves permission to go after it. Um, yeah. Well, and and Ambreen, sorry to interrupt you. Just before you talk about the second arm, I just wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you about intuition because you mentioned yes. it earlier in our conversation. And when you're describing the work you do with your co- clients in your life coaching business around like connecting with their dreams and figuring out what they really want, can you describe what role intuition plays? Yeah, in that and yeah, that's really, you that? know, that, that knowing of the dreams or the desires, that comes from within. That comes from like a deep place. So what I do mm. is create space for clients to experience those spaces, to quiet, to, to, to mm. get really quiet and visualize and, you know, sink into um what that might look like what is the dream give themselves you know permission and it's often a lot of quiet that creates that um the other thing i do is when clients are at the point of let's say you're you're my client you're struggling with something i'll say do you know what lorna close your eyes and put your hand on your heart and just get really still and there's a voice inside you that knows that's all knowing 
What is that voice telling you right now? Three things. And they will come up with those three things because they know it comes from within. It's, um, and what I've found is, yeah. is that the more we create stillness in our lives, meditation, journaling, for me, it's being, you know, it's different for everyone. For me, it's being close to nature, being in the sun, um, with sunblock, of course. Um, uh, what else? Um, you know, things like that. The more that we can really nurture our souls, the louder the intuition becomes or the more clear the intuition becomes. Yeah. Um, the more grounded I am, the more yeah. I'm able to tap into my intuition and really, and, and for me, actually I'm on a journey recently where my body is, you know, I've, I've, I won't drink alcohol because my body looks at the alcohol and says, ew, gross, don't drink that. It's just a feeling I get. Yeah. And, mm. uh, and I'm, I'm starting to want to eat more plant-based. Like I want to, I'm craving vegetables. It's strange. I've never been that person, but yeah, I'm, and I'm finding that the more I kind of nurture myself in all ways, whatever that looks like for each individual, I'm yeah. not, you know, proclaiming that it's a certain thing, but whatever that looks like, um, yeah, the more self-love we have, if you will. Um, and I'm not talking about like bubble baths mm -hmm. and candles, that might be your thing, but you know, just more deeper than that, the more we're nurturing ourselves, the more our intuition becomes mm -hmm. clear and we create space for it. And I, I think it's there. If we, Absolutely. if you tap in and you get quiet, it's there, it'll speak to you, invited it, but we have to invite it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I like that. I am so glad you said that. I 100% agree with everything you just said. And I basically what you just gave me was like the masterclass in following your intuition. <laughs> so if you're listening and, you know, as I said at the beginning, one of my goals with this podcast is to help women gain insight into how to follow their own inspiration in their own lives. What Ambreen just said <laughs> in a nutshell is the present. So go talk to her because <laughs> she can, she can give you more, more insights into it. But that was, that was perfect. Thank yeah, you no. for, for making those connections. Um, and then, so you wanted, you were going to talk about the second arm of your business, which again, I think is just this perfect, um, uh, manifestation of like your own life experience and, and conditions in your life. So sure, I'd, love, I'll do that. I'd love for you to tell so us more about that. The second arm is I'm a, a family business coach. And a lot of people think about family business as, oh, you know, the corner, the corner shop, like the mom and pops, but 70% of the Canadian GDP is made up by family businesses and they can run from, you know, small to very large. Mm. And what we see often in family businesses is um, there is a, a declining success rate of the transition of wealth and legacy from one generation to the next. Um, and from, for, for example, first right. to second generation, I think it's 40%. And second to third generation, it's only a 6% success rate. Um, and that's, you know, the wealth and the wow. legacy and all that. And they talk about first, third generation is shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves. Um, and so the coaching I do mm. there, I work with other family business advisors as a coach focused on the human capital piece to help people be able to, first of all, get really conscious and aware of themselves and what, and what role they play in the system. 
um, and two, be able to mm -hmm. play the the game, if you will, um, within the rules. So, you know, each family will establish its right. own its own set of guidelines, and then how do we play within that? And you know, the tough conversations are a really big piece of this because sophisticated families or wealthy, you know, high net worth families or business families will um, will have bankers and lawyers and they'll have a whole slew of advisors which we need uh and and in addition to that at some point those tough conversations come up and they're they often need a guide to help them with those conversations around you know what does it mean to enter the family yeah. business what does it take to prepare the next generation like you know for our kids in our in our family business my niece is 16 mila my eldest daughter's 15 iman Annika's 12 and Armand's 10. We're already preparing them to not necessarily for to enter right. the business, but to be stewards of wealth. Because it's not just like, oh, yeah, right. everybody go get a Harvard MBA. You're good. No, there's a lot that's required, you know, emotional intelligence, financial, financial literacy and a whole slew of other things you know, understanding the family, what it, what does it mean to be a steward of wealth in this family or a steward of the values? And, um, you know, how, do, what does it mean to uphold the brand of this family? Because business families will have a brand, right? Yeah. I would argue all families have a brand, but you know, it's, it's very conscious amongst business families. So that's the other work that I do. Um, and it, and, and again, it's, it's not a, it's not a coincidence that I've landed there. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And, and, uh, how long have you been running your, um, life coaching no, business? Well, it's been, it been since, since 2015 when you came back. Yeah. Okay. And, and is it just recently that you, um, figured out or, or, or received this impulse to uh, add this additional arm to your business? Yeah. No, no, not or was from, it right from, from the, the start, start you but a year after. Um, we met a family business coach and I went, Hey, okay. this is interesting. And he kind of picked up on that. And, and so, you know, it started there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm starting a designation right. actually next week. Um, the family enterprise advisor designation to help me even further with the skills. Um, uh -huh. so it'll be, it, it's, it's great. It's the beginning of that journey and, uh, it's very exciting to see where it may go. Mm -hmm. totally yeah it sounds like a very interesting mm -hmm. um niche i don't i don't know enough about the space but it sounds i would imagine there aren't a lot of people yeah, doing a lot of coaches doing there, are, what you're there doing are some in that particular regard. and i think it's it's a growing yeah the recognition is growing that um you know families need a number of advisors um and all of them working together you know, in harmony can serve a family. And I, can I, you know, advise people on yeah. their financial plans and their, you know, wills and estates and, um, you know, insurance? No, I, I'm not an expert in those things. Um, but there are experts in those things and I'm the expert on right. the human side. So, um, so yeah, it takes a, it takes a team yeah. of, yeah. of, uh, advisors to be able to really serve a family well. Totally. And if you, I imagine if you can't, you know, if you can't uphold and mm -hmm. maintain and nurture the human side, 
Oh, a hundred percent. Right. Like what's the point harsh. in having, yeah, you can, a perfect right. example it's, it's, is you can have a will or a power of attorney. Um, let's just take a will. For example, you could have a will and if the, you know, the person passes and the family members that are left can't play together nicely, that's going to be a horrible experience. And the estate then is at risk, mm-hmm. right? Is that what the deceased would have wanted? Yeah. No. So do the work in advance, have those right. tough conversations, yeah. know what it's going to look like, um, and, and create the peace and the love and the harmony while we're alive, you know, that it, it doesn't, it, it's often families often come to this type of coaching when there is crisis. Um, our family didn't, I'm really thankful mm-hmm. to, to, to my father who is such a visionary who said, I don't want this to happen when I pass away. Let's get sorted out now. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now that's good stewardship <laughs> for sure. Amazing. Well, this is so cool. And, and thank you for describing this in, in so much detail. And if people are listening to this and, uh, you know, it's resonating, it's striking a chord with them. What's the best way for um, they people can to connect with me through my website? It's, um, www.ambreenbalu, A-M-B-R-E-E-N-Balu, B-H-A-L-O-O.com. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Well, Ambreen, thank you so much. I have really enjoyed this conversation. I really appreciate you being so Uh, just open and honest and thoughtful about sharing your experience. I know I picked up several nuggets myself in addition to the two quotes that I (laughs) I want to adopt as my own, but I will not. No, no. (laughs) I will credit you. We can all share. share Win-win is one of my biggest values, Lorna. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and your knowledge and your experience. I think it's, um, really appreciate it's it. wonderful to see the work you're doing, Lorna, and, um, and to have a space to, mm. to share these ideas and thoughts with like-minded women. Yes, I agree. Thank you. I really yeah. appreciate that. And I you're very welcome. Agree. Thank you so much. Okay. Not sure what happened with the audio there toward the end. We seem to have a bit of an overlap. So my apologies for that, but I hope you were able to enjoy the conversation nonetheless. I know I did. Thank you very much for listening. And I'll be back in a couple of days on Friday, October 9th with my next episode. Until then.